Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Bit Spursy. I'm Barney. I'm Dan. And we are here to talk about the most recent game, which was against Newcastle, a 2-2 draw. What a game. What a game. What a game. A game for the ages. Yeah. The, the dark ages. The dark ages. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, no. I was just going to say, it feels like... Um, yeah, you know, just when we think things are starting to look good again, mm. um, playing with a young team, mm. uh, we're getting a win against Villa. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to have this result. <laughs> yeah, and isn't that the pattern this season? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has been. It's been stressful. It's been a stressful year so far. You know, there's sort of no. You don't really know where your footing is at any stage because something like this can happen uh, at any time. Yeah, um, and I think it. Yeah, I was so confident going into this game. I really mm. was. I thought, yeah. okay, here's a nailed on three points compared to the rest of the games that we have left in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially before Man U, it's going to yeah. be very crucial to get three points here. Yep. And this is a game where there's, the three points want to be taken. Mm. They're sitting there. They're just begging to be taken. Yeah, they're desperate. They're so desperate. Yeah, they want to be picked up and held and swaddled. <laughs> and swaddled <laughs> for days and days and days on end. And yet <laughs> we, we did try and pick them up, but then we dropped them. Yeah. We dropped them as well. We yeah. did. We did. Um, uh, it's just somber times. Yeah. Um, I think as well in the manner with which it happened, that was kind of, um, you know, it, it always hurts when you think you're winning. Well, mm. And technically you are winning mm. <laughs> when you're up. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, when you think like, okay, cool, you know, we should be closing this game out. Mm. Cool. This is a win. Great. We don't really need to worry too much. Um, you know, this was the first game in a while that we got to watch together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as well. Cause we're like, look, it's an early game time. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Yep. Um, so we'll get out a little snacks, a little drinks and yeah. sit around, just have a lovely evening watching a solid win over Newcastle. Yeah. I don't know if we've watched a game together to which Spurs have won. Yeah. I don't think so. I think it's been late, uh, draws. Maybe we are kind of, we're kind of like the Gareth Bale curse, mm. um, when he first started. And I, I think... Was it was like thirty eight or forty games or something that he played without getting a win? That's right. Yeah. Um, and then maybe it is the a bit Spursy curse. Yeah. Cool. But, but it's just draws. Yeah. Yeah. So to fix it, should we? We'll get Harry Redknapp, and you or I can wait outside the other person's home, and with one minute to go, he can just open the door, and we and the other one can come and sit down. Yeah. But I fear though that there might be then a late minute equalizer. Yeah, that's true. And then another draw. And then another draw. Okay. Well, we need to be up by like you know more than one goal. Yeah. And then we're fine. Cool. Settled. Done. <laughs> All right, deal. Do not worry. We will fix the curse. Yeah, it is. It, we, okay. Uh, we've just discovered it's our fault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sorry. We take full responsibility. Absolutely. Unlike Jose Mourinho, we take full responsibility <laughs> for the for the, the result. A yeah. man who takes zero responsibility <laughs> yeah. for anything. <laughs> for anything. Um, I see, like when we were 2-1 up and then we came out for the second half, the only thought in my brain was we're going to concede a goal. It's going to be a draw um, because we – not to jump ahead, but it was, you know, it's that old thing where we, we play one good half um, and this time it was the first half and second half we came out and just looked like we had absolutely no desire to score. There was no plan for keeping possession, not that that's a particularly Jose thing to do, but we didn't control the game without the ball either. Yeah, uh, and you're definitely right. Like usually we are sort of like second-half legends mm. um, and we, we do come better in games. And yep. we start off looking like we don't know that there's a game going on. Yeah. Um, and then it's almost like Jose's team talk at halftime is like, uh, boys, we're, we're playing a match here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, all right. 
All right, better better get going this up. Yeah. But this, yeah, it was completely the opposite um, mm-hmm. this time. One stat, though, that I was very shocked to see yeah. was that I think like um, Newcastle's XG, and I know oh. we don't talk a lot about XG. No. But I did say something that Newcastle's XG um, was 4.3. Yeah. Yeah. which um, is one of the highest of any team in the league this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we were watching the game, um, I didn't realize how many shots or like, well, not shots that Newcastle had because I, I don't think they had that many on target, but how many attempts they had. Yeah. And I think it started popping up, you know, in the second half and it was like, oh, they've had 15 attempts. They've had 18 attempts. They've had 20 attempts or something. Yeah. And I was like, I don't really recall when these attempts have happened, but mm. it kind of does feel like we're under pressure a little bit here. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so they entered the game with 22 shots and six on target, which when you consider we had 11, so half the amount of shots or attempts, you know, just going off whatever uh, metric you're using, we still had five on target. So we were only one less than them, but obviously our XG was a lot lower. But uh, I did think about this in terms of, because, you know, that stat's sort of been bandied around about how they've got a four point, what was it? 4.6 or 4.3? Uh, 4.3. 4.3 XG. When XG was designed, the whole idea is that we look at expected goals over a run of games as opposed to an isolated uh, an isolated match. But that's not how it's used. That You know, that's the idea behind it, but everyone refers to it after the game and it's sort of, you know, a marker of how much a team deserved to win or lose or whatever. But the thing that I that I think is that, you know, like every now and then I might run 100 metres quicker <laughs> than, you know, um, than I usually would. And if I just stayed on that metric and said, this is, this is how I perform, you know, uh, it's not particularly representative of uh, my performance overall. You know, like things happen, shit happens. Totally. <laughs> you know, I, the universe is random. Yeah. I guess it just feels in this instance though, um, to use your analogy, it'd be like you run ran the 100 metres in 10.5 seconds. Mm. Yeah. Um, if they've got an XG this high. That's true. That is very true. I also would like to see like the breakdown because I know XG, you know, it breaks down by area and the the chance of scoring from that based on previous matches. Like did, uh, like at what point, where are we getting the score from? You know, like was there, yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. I just don't want it to be true. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. basically what I'm doing here. That's basically what I'm doing. It was, you know, like it felt like it felt like 4.3 expected goals against us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess right. Look, we don't. To be fair, we don't really understand the the xG metric enough to know exactly where all those kind mm. of um, numbers do come from. Yeah, especially when it goes to like non is it non shot xG or non goal xG or whatever yeah. it is mm. um, there. But I guess the uh, maybe the easy way to put it is it just felt a bit icky. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is the that, that's a good way to put it. It felt very icky. Yeah, it felt like uh, I thought we started the first ten minutes. We seemed pretty good, and then Newcastle seemed to sort of take control um, of the game. And then obviously they they popped in that uh, that first goal, courtesy of um, a press that was actually executed quite well. Uh, Steve Bruce <laughs> coming together, get him in, get him in. Get him in. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it was. Um, and I think, yeah, looking back on that, it's sort of one of those replays that you see and it gets worse every time you watch it. Yeah. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. Mm. Um, and you see, you know, the clearance from Tanganga, um, straight into the Newcastle player. Yeah. Comes back to Sanchez, clears it straight into the Newcastle mm. player. Um, and then by that stage, it was just like, you can't give the ball away having your center back and your right back press pretty much right up against the byline. Yep. Um, and then expect the team not to just go, you know what? 
let's just head directly straight to the box mm-hmm. and there'll be someone there. Yeah. And what hurts more than anything is Joe Linton scores. I know. And I think this is his fourth goal in like 60 games for Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, this would have been his – this is his – oh, no, 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 you're right. It's his fourth. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not a good strike rate. No. That's like half Soldado mm. strike rate. <laughs> um, and it just was painful to see with how – like just the ease of which they sort of um, – of which they scored that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It seemed like, you know, Joey Roden was caught in the middle – but I think at that stage, there's not much he can do. Like he's no. got to start moving towards a player yep. um, with the ball. I'm not sure who it was. Um, was it Almiron? He could have been Almiron. I'm not Almiron. sure either. Yeah. Um, and so, he, you know, he's got to start moving towards there. He can't just purely worry about Joel Linton. But then he probably thought in his head, he's like, Joel Linton doesn't score. Mm. So hopefully he passes to Joel Linton. Yeah. And then pass goes across, goal goes in. Yeah. Um, it just felt really sort of sloppy, um, just sloppy overall. Yeah, yeah. It, to uh, quote <laughs> England, everyone was sixes and sevens. Like it, it was, yeah, it's so sloppy. It looked like everyone was just completely lost with what was happening. Um, yeah, of course it, of course it went in. You know, and the only thing that will justify Joel Linton scoring against us is if he eventually beats Timo Werner this season <laughs> for goals. Please, please, can that happen? Yeah, because then, then it's like, oh, okay, all right, mm. fine. We got beaten by a player who's better than Werner. Yep. That's just fine. So it's okay. Yeah. All good. Um, yeah. And th- I mean, luckily, I suppose the next thing in this game uh, is that we responded uh, within 90 seconds and Kane uh, bundled the ball <laughs> into the net um, after a great Ndombele pass to Lacelso, who was, you know, about half a centimeter off getting to Kane's boot with his pass the first time. But didn't matter because it ended up in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, it's just like it was really good to see that fight back. Mm. Um, and I, it's at that point in the game which I thought, okay, okay, okay. We realized that we've been a bit sloppy. Yep. Now we've turned it on. Yep. We've responded instantly. Mm-hmm. We're fine now. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to take the game um, and just, you know, start dominating, start controlling, and that's going to be it. It's all going to be over. Because mm. um, I feel like especially when you're playing against, you know, a team, a lesser team, in the sense of, say, you know, a team that's, um, you know, fighting for uh, against relegation and, um, you know, at the foot of the table. Yeah. You kind of feel like, okay, if they score, if we then get one back, the momentum's just going to carry us through and mm-hmm. we're going to have a proper result here and and, and go for that. Yeah. Um, so I was quite happy at that stage. Mm. Mm-hmm. Me too. I felt I felt good. I felt positive. Uh, I felt like it, we could go on from here. Um yeah, you're right. I mean, one of the main, you know, criticisms leveled at Spurs this season has been uh, both by fans, media and the manager has been mentality and dropping your head and and they didn't do that. They uh, kept on fighting and then they scored a, uh, another goal. Well, Kane scored another goal uh, directly after that from another fantastic Ndombele pass. And I just want to uh, highlight how brilliant <laughs> he is. Uh, both Kane and but Ndombele, just phenomenal player. Oh, definitely. Um, and, you know, he's been criticised a bit by uh, quite a number of fans who are saying that, you know, he's he's not the player that, you know, we thought we were buying for that sort of money and, and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I'd really argue that he's had, overall, I think he's had a solid season. Yeah. And he started showing the player that he can become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's definitely looking a little bit more tired, mm. as everyone is. Yeah. 
from playing so many games in such a condensed um, amount of time. Yeah. But this, you know, the, the moments that he can produce for us are those kind of like game changing moments. Yeah. Where he can, he finds these passes that no one else on the team finds that mm-hmm. like, you know, like they play through Kane on goal. Like they, yeah. they really create these goal scoring opportunities. Yeah. Um, I still think overall Ndombele is a really underrated player. Yeah, I agree. It was fantastic to see the baby steps of La Celso and Ndombele passing to one another because it was like finally there are two players that have an extremely high uh, football intelligence and you could just see the way. There was a couple of times where uh, the pass and move to quote England again, <laughs> again was um, was Our really – special guest for this week yeah, is England. England, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they won't be speaking. I'll be speaking for them. <laughs> Um, yeah, that I was like, oh God, that's, that's a bit exciting, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, carrying over from the Villa game, mm. which is when we first started seeing, you know, again, that, um, that, um, Hoybier, La Celso and Dombele midfield, which I think we'd seen once or twice before, but in, you know, a different sort of situation it was in a slightly different sort of formation, um, previously, but actually seeing, you know, seeing this, like, you know, seeing the lineup and having like, all right, cool. We're going for that again. Mm. Um, there were some good signs against Villa. Yep. But it still seemed like a, a work in progress. Yep. Um, and so it looked good and in, in, you know, to, to see us going, okay, cool, we're going to stick with that. And we're actually going to give this a go, this this three-man midfield. Um, and see how we go. And start, yeah, seeing some some passes, some movements sort of ticking together. Yeah. Um, it feels though a bit like um, a bit ridiculous to just think that instantly because we're starting to play them, they should just play like world beaters as a trio in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you know when you consider, yeah, like you said, uh, how many how many games Inobele and um, Hoybier have played, and then also Lascelles has been out for so long. Yeah, to drop him in and it's like, cool, we're gonna have peak Barcelona midfield now. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know that's just not gonna happen, um, and we might not see that for the rest of this. Se- Hopefully next season, maybe we, we'll see. Well, I think if we stick with this, mm. and there would be a lot of arguments to say we don't stick with this, yeah. um, given this result, but I kind of feel that like there's got to be a time where we just sort of start sticking with something, mm. and then that just becomes the way that we're playing. Yeah, like it, crafting an identity for us to play behind. Yeah, because um, we saw it with like you know Mora starting to play in that like a, you know attacking midfield destroyer role mm. for a couple of games, but then you know that doesn't really look like that's going to be something that kind of continues. Mm. Um, I guess a player like Mora who seems to be so up and down as well. Yeah. Like he always gives a lot of effort, but, um, you know, the quality is not necessarily there. No. Um, So I think it's just, I guess what I'm finding hard to talk about is it just feels like we are lacking an identity. Totally. um, Yeah. To sit behind. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, I guess, you know, part of the Jose thing is that it's very reactive. You're responding to... Um, the opponent in front of you, but you know, there is, uh, you know, I guess his identity of parking the bus, but we don't even, we don't even have that. Um, we just have, I, I don't even, I think I said after the Villa game, it felt like a, a Sherwood victory and this felt like a Sherwood draw Yeah, yeah where definitely. it's just like, there's no plan. He's just stuck a bunch of players on and then been like, Oh, Lucas, just get around a bunch of guys. And if you see a guy, like, you're fast, just, like, tackle him. And uh, Lo Celso, you, you, you tackle too. And uh, and Nobele, yeah, you do um, those perfect passes. Oh, can you score the goals? You know, like, it's just, like, <laughs> no, um, yeah, no plan. I, I, yeah, I found it baffling. That, the Kane finish for this second goal was, was really good. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I it mean, was unreal. It was great. Like... 
And that's just what that's just what Kane does. Yeah. You know, he um he's like him and Son, I put Son in that category as well of like, you know, they're the two, I think, world class finishers that we have on this team. Mm-hmm. And then behind them, I think there's quite a big gap. You could argue Bale on his day. Yep. Like Bale technically is a world class finisher. Yep. Um, but he kind of doesn't necessarily get himself in those positions too much to mm. to to actually score that often. Yeah. Um, given that he's not really breaking um, breaking him behind or trying to break lines as much as you know he used to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kane and Kane and Son, like <laughs> you kind of know, like they're they're pretty odds on to score as soon as they're through, and they've got half a chance. Yeah. Um, which is great. Like it's good mm. that we have them. But then you know, again, it would probably be nice if we had you know a few. A few reliable goals coming from elsewhere. Yeah. So it's Kane just doesn't have to bail us out of trouble. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And it looked like, you know, that's what he was going to do. We then ended the first half and Vinicius came off uh, for Son. And Dan, I, it pains me to say this, but he didn't have a very good game, did he? No, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. And Vinicius goes off and we start. Mm. We start looking worse. Yeah, we start. Look, well, that's the, that's the interesting thing, right? Because Vinicius goes off after being, you know, like he was sort of nowhere, and then Son comes on and was pretty much anonymous for the whole second half. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like it, it sort of seemed like that sub that you'd make to go. Okay, now we're bringing Son on. Now it's going to be all over. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to go for it here. Mm. Okay, fine. Here we go. Kane's going to slot him through. Yeah. Son's probably going to get a double. Mm-hmm. And then there we go. We're going to be on the bus back to London having a great time. And, yeah. You know, playing Uno and everyone's happy. Yeah. Didn't have it. No, it did not. We had one uh, big opportunity to uh, make it 3-1. Uh, we had a Kane a defensive header to, I think it was Son, who played it to Lamella. Lamella then had uh, Kane on his uh, left and Son on his right. He should have pulled the trigger to Son, didn't. Did some weird Lamella step over thing, played it to Kane, who was on a really hard angle, who still managed to hit the post. Um, but if there was almost anyone who I wouldn't want in that situation, it would be Lamella <laughs> having to put a ball through on the counter. Yeah, and it's it's kind of weird with Lamella because, like, you know, his skill set, his attributes, it really does lead him to be, you know, in these breakaways where it's just get on the ball, run, go direct. Um, he usually retains the ball relatively well when he dribbles forward. Like he keeps it quite close to him and he moves at a pretty good pace. But yeah, quite often um, the final ball from him is not great. Mm. Um, sometimes he does get it right when he, I think he did that little dink over the top, um, you know, a few games back. Yep. Um, but yeah, the decision-making here was not good no. um, at all. It's almost like he's, I would like to think, if I'm being kind to Lamella, mm-hmm. Kane is sort of running past him and he's just whispering, make it hard for me. <laughs> give me a challenge. Yeah. Give me a challenge. Yeah. It'd be too easy if you just play it to some. Just give me a challenge. Yeah. Give me a ball that's not really in front of me and pushes me a bit wider than what would be ideal and mm. let's see what I can do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't make it easy for Kane. No, no. He just made the whole he made the whole thing so much harder. Um yeah, let's run with that. That's what happened. Yeah, That's what happened. Yeah. We're trying to be kind here. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to look for positives. Yeah, we're trying to look for positives. But that was, I think that was in the 83rd minute, 84th minute, so something around about that. Mm-hmm. And that would have put the game to bed. Yes. Um, having said that, though, it was probably, you know, a result we didn't necessarily deserve. It would have felt almost like we snatched the game a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think if we if we had scored that and we did win 3-1... 
that would be then the argument, you know, uh, well, not the argument, play, people say after the game, like, you know, that's a sign that Spurs didn't have a good day at all, but they've just got that extra bit of quality where they can score goals and they can pull out a result like this. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. No, that did not because Joe Willock uh, came through with uh, a goal. The defending in this goal was like, I can't even put it into words <laughs> how terrible it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was so diabolical. And I think it hurts so much. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Joe Willock is on loan from Arsenal. Is that mm, right? Yeah, I believe so. I think he yeah, is. And yeah. that hurts so much that the Arsenal player has to has to equalize for us. Um I think overall with the defense, like I'm in two minds here a little bit because on one hand, I'm sitting here going, I want us to play with like Tanganga, I want us to play with Rodon, I want us to start giving these younger defenders a go. Yep. At the same time they're sort of showing that there's a reason why they're not, you know, starting center backs in also starting defenders mm. um, in the Premier League yet. They don't have that experience. They still need time to develop. Yep. So I, I kind of keep, I keep going back and forth and I, I, I think one, one, one hand I'm like, this is great. We're getting the, the youth. We're starting to develop them. Results might not go our way every game if we do that. Yep. But then on the other hand, it's like we are still competing for fourth. Mm. and to get in the Champions League, which is a huge thing to compete for. Yep. Maybe we need old man Toby in there mm. to just yeah. provide stump, some stability. Yeah. Well, I mean, wasn't that a drama <laughs> after the game? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, do we want to go into this now, into the Toby? Let's do it. Let's do it. So um, as I'm sure uh, everyone listening to this podcast would be aware, uh, Mourinho said, was it after the game that, that Toby um, was not available um, because he arrived, he was late for taking a COVID test. And so he couldn't train. He couldn't train until Friday. But then uh, allegedly someone from Toby's camp, entourage, whatever you want to call them, uh, released uh, a statement saying, well, I mean, a, a photo really being like, look, he trained on Wednesday. I guess this is whoever Toby's turtle is. Yeah. <laughs> Toby's turtle. Part of entourage. Uh, did you watch entourage? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. I did. Toby's I did. Whoever his turtle is yep. released a photo. Yeah. And I was like, here he is training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I mean, we're not going to get anywhere finding an answer, but why would Mourinho lie about that? I don't, it's baffling to me. Like, is it, you know, his classic uh, media deflection where he just says something insane and then the media starts going on about that? Um, what Was he trying to protect Toby's reputation by not just saying, well, I just didn't play him. I just dropped him. He's too old and slow. But then the, the baffling thing with that is that um, I think someone asked him, oh, was it a, is it a discipline issue? And he was like, it wasn't not non-discipline, but it wasn't discipline either or something like that. Yeah, it was such a confusing answer. So confusing. So confusing. And I mean, look, Jose has done this with Bale previously. Yep. When there was... Um, you know, that game where uh, I think the FA Cup against Everton, I think that was the match that was around where Bale didn't get selected. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember exactly exactly what it was, but it was something to do with like Bale had put up a photo saying, you know, good training today. And it was just him at training. Mm -hmm. And then Jose come out and specifically said, no, he didn't have a good training. He was bad. He didn't do this. He didn't do this. Yeah. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is like, this is not the first time we've heard like conflicting reports from Jose about, what a player was like in training. Yeah. Um, so I think to your question, like, I don't know if, 
I'd like to think that like Jose has been doing this for long enough that like he's obviously a smart guy. Yeah. Right. You can't be the most decorated manager in history and be mm. an idiot. Yeah. Um, so is there some like, you know, real layered approach here where he's, he's gone, you know, Hey Toby, I'm just going to come out in the media. I'm going to, I'm going to say you weren't fit. Mm. Um, I'm just going to do that. I'm going to cover that. I'm going to deflect all the attention. I'm going to do that. But then you think if that was the case, someone from Toby's side wouldn't go, oh yeah, he was fit. Yeah. So then I, I don't know what is going on anymore. Mm. Like yeah. it just seems like there's such a, so many mixed messages that are coming out of the team. And it really does speak for, you know, Toby might not be that happy with Jose and we all know that he fell out with Pochettino. Mm. Um, so maybe he started falling out with Jose as well. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it, you know, it's funny that he signed uh, that new contract because of Jose Mourinho and how he was excited. And and now you look at, you know, how that from the outside looks like that relationship is uh, on the rocks. Yeah. So definitely souring. Mm. Um, which is the unfortunate thing there is like Toby's our only experienced defender. Yeah. Um, and so if Toby's out of sorts, like at least in previous seasons, you know, we still had like Vertonghen. Mm-hmm. Um, now we've got like Toby's the only the only older one there. Yeah. You know, Dyer is our next most experienced one. And we've already <laughs> spoken at length about Dyer and how he's had a lot of problems this season as yeah. well. And his confidence seems really quite low too. Mm. Um, but it's kind of a little bit worrying. Mm. Like I would like us to have, I don't know, some other old man at the back who can just sort of step in at times like this. Yeah. Yep. I agree. One thing that I found uh, really baffling in terms of uh, Jose decision-making, taking it back to the game, was that we played with Tanganga and uh, Region tucked in and basically were like, all right, Newcastle, you can have the wings, cross it from there, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll give you that. But we can't handle crosses, as we've seen multiple times this season. And so it was sort of, you know, like rolling over for them a little bit and exposing, you know, our weak underbelly in that area. And then I suppose, you know, Toby's not the most proficient in the air. He's a very good ball-playing defender. Um, so did Jose think that, oh, well, I mean, Sanchez isn't either, but it's like Sanchez and Roden and then Tanganga's there as well. Does that mean that we're going to be able to defend those crosses? But I found it totally bizarre that that was a tactic that we chose to use. Yeah, oh, definitely. And yeah, I, I think it's a point too. Like did, did Jose think that maybe Toby, cause he is a bit older, he might not have been able to deal with Joel Linton. Um, that's, I can't believe I'm even saying this. Yeah. Like someone couldn't <laughs> handle Joel Linton. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but maybe that's a case too, that he just thought like, okay, cool. You know, I'm sticking to this new, you know, um, these newer players, the new guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a big song and dance about that after Dynamo. Yep. New ones in, I'm going to stick with them. They're going to be, you know, they can deal with this. They can get up. They've got that spring in their step. They've got that sort of youthful, um, you know, excitement about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. You just, you just need a bit of an old head in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, it looked, you know, for both goals, again, it didn't look like there was any leader at the back. And I've always thought that was Hugo's role. And we, we saw in the documentary that he's quite vocal, but it looks like no one's calling to say where someone should stand or what's happening or where they're moving and where you should move if I move here. And um, yeah, so it would be great to have a more domineering center back there to you know, call the shots. Oh, definitely. And, and I think as well, if, you know, if we're in a situation now where we don't have that, 
like what are our strengths? Like our strengths should are really sort of going forward. Yep. Um, our strengths are definitely Kane. Kane mm-hmm. is our strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, attacking is our strength. Yep. So I kind of think if we are trying to, you know, blood some of these younger defenders, um, we really need to be playing into our strengths even more. And really just kind of going into these games and kind of going all out. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think, yeah, you, you can't sort of sit back, concede space on the wings and go, you know what, cross it in. See yeah. what happens See when what you've happens. got an inexperienced defense. Mm. It's like let's play as, you know, aggressively as we can. We know we're going to concede a goal or two. Yep. But our game plan for these games is to go out and score more than the opposition. Yep. Yep. Like FIFA 21 tactics. <laughs> totally FIFA 21 tactics. <laughs> let's have a 7-5. Yeah. Let's just go for it. Let's have that. But it is just so like anti-Jose to do that, mm. which is also why it feels so weird for him to just have like this, you know, we keep going back to it, these really young defenders um, and his, you know, whole career has been built on playing teams that have a really sound defensive pairing at the back yep. and a really sound and experienced defensive pairing at the back. Yeah. Um, he's never really worked with, I could be mistaken, but he's never really worked with like younger sort of centre-backs that he sort of brings through. Mm. Um, he also likes to get, you know, really experienced players in there. Yep. So I think as well, this all goes back to like the whole like identity crisis that we're talking about where mm. it's like, you know, we're young, we're hip, we're going for it, but yeah. also we're not yeah. quite yet. Um, and it's just a lot of, it's just, a, a, there are a lot of teething problems all over the place. Absolutely. I, I mean, one thing that I think is interesting that's sort of carried over for the edge at edge well, yeah, edge and whatever <laughs> of um, Poch was that we did have sort of, uh, you know, we were very inconsistent before um, he was fired, but we would have sort of these little surging moments in games or we'd have one game where we'd play really well and then we, the next game we'd lose 3-0 to Brighton or whatever. And that seems to still be present in the Jose version of this team. There's still moments in the game where we're good and, you know, we score two goals really quickly and then we're crap for the rest of it. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it has carried over. Um, maybe this is a good time to bring up the, uh, maybe the biggest Jose quote of the, um, of the weekend, which, uh, he was asked about, you know, he used to be really good at protecting leads. Sorry, buddy, can oh. I ask you the question? Oh yeah, can sure. Can you reply as Jose? Um, hang on. Let me just remember my line. Uh, yep. Uh, Jose, in the past, holding on to a lead is what you've been so good at doing. Same coach, different players. Was that? Is that it? Perfect. Yep. Nailed Sweet. it. Great. Yep. Great. Yeah. What is that? Like, oh. that, that is the pettiest response I oh. think I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, same coach, different player. It's like, what do you, how is that addressing anything? It's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like the, the outcome of the team can't be separated out between the coach and the players. They are, you are responsible ultimately, you know, and maybe too much in the modern game with managers getting fired, you know, everywhere for the, how the players perform. Like, so what? what? Definitely. Um, it's almost like a parent, you know, if someone's going like, oh, one of your child, one of your, you know, your, mm. um, your children has been, been great. And like this other one, they've got some sort of issues that we should, you know, sort of mm. chat about. And you go, mm, same parent, different children. Yeah. Be like, well... <laughs> Yeah, no, but that doesn't really address anything. That's not, uh, it's yeah, not helpful. We, yeah, we need to uh, <laughs> we need to do something about this though. Um, yeah, I find that so. Well, I find it even more baffling because in the past, Jose's successes 
have always been about, and this gets bandied around a lot, that kind of siege mentality where it's us against the world and, you know, the referees are the problem or the other team did this or whatever, but we're the only ones that we have to work together and do it. And I don't know what this is because it's so far away from that. It's it's not, I'll protect you, we're in this together. It's I'm Jose Mourinho <laughs> and then I've got like, I'm a mercenary at the club and these are the players and I'm still great. Definitely. And like it's, you know, his approach um, back in the day with all that siege mentality was he would purposely say ridiculous quotes, but it would more be like, you know, an anti-Fergie thing or something like that. Like mm. he'd deflect if his team had played poorly, he would deflect and bring on to another topic, but it wouldn't be throwing his team under the bus. No. Um, I know some Man U fans will say a bit differently like yeah. when he was there and he was started doing that stuff as well, but... Yeah, it's. I find it a really weird approach, and I think from a psychological perspective, yeah, um, to me it seems a bit odd to sort of like you know constantly call out players publicly mm. um, and expect them to just bounce back and and take that positively. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you know, and maybe it's a it's a time period thing where the you know not to use the Mourinho as a dinosaur, but the players' attitudes have changed and, you know, maybe in the past they uh, – it was all about – the only option they had to um, retort against his comments was to use the pitch. But players these days have social media. They have a, a, a sort of more accessible media presence. So they are able to uh, make comment if they so – it would be looked down upon, I'm sure. But – it's not as if they have no option anymore apart from showing it on the pitch. Yeah. They, there are other ways to diffuse their dissatisfaction with how things are going. Oh, definitely. And I think as well it's uh, it's interesting. You can have like double standards about it because uh, someone like Danny Rose, who we'll, we'll get into a little bit later yeah. as well, um, you know, he was quite outspoken in the past mm-hmm. about the club. Yep. And it's like, okay, you've got someone who's being outspoken against the club. That's not on. Mm-hmm. That's not good. We need to deal with that. Yep. Um, but then if you're a manager, you can be outspoken against the club or the players and there's mm. no seeming punishment. There's no, yeah. you know, it can't be, you know, Jose can't get dropped from managing the squad for a week. No. Um, he can't be sent to go manage the under 18s yep. um, and have that come through. It's like the only option to really control a manager in that sense is to sack them. Mm. Um, I'm sure like, you know, there's a lot of discussions, like there'll be media training people behind the scenes going like, Jose, why are you saying this? Like, yeah. you, you can't do this to us. You can't do this. Mm. Um, and I'm sure Daniel Levy, you know, popping in on his daily little visit will probably be like, oh, come on, Jose, you don't need to, mm. to say this sort of stuff. But it's just like, it's just kind of like he's a, just, just doesn't feel like he gives a crap anymore. No, no. Well, interestingly on the media person, there was a press conference and it could have been the Newcastle one. This is going to be really vague. But hopefully the point comes through. A journalist asked Jose about discipline or player attitude or something like that. And Jose sat back and thought he thought about it. And then the media person from Spurs said, I think Jose's um, already answered that one. Thanks. Next question. But that wasn't Jose. It was Spurs media being like, cut it out. No, no, we don't want to hear this anymore. So I just think like from a Levy perspective, like what, what is he thinking? Like, what is he going to, like, you would think even if, you know, he's starstruck with Jose, like we saw in the Amazon documentary, by this point, surely he's not still being like, he's right, Jose's right. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, th- I get the feeling that like Levy starts to lose 
um, confidence in Jose when Jose starts um, affecting the finances. Yep. So we miss out on like we're already out of Europa. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't. I don't know if you win much for the League Cup. Like it's probably like a million or something. Mm. Or yeah. I don't. It's probably. It's not really. I don't think financially that would really affect things too much. Lifetime supply of Carabao. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, look, if Levy's a, like a big Carabao fan, yeah, maybe, then yeah, maybe he's stoked. Maybe that's the important <laughs> thing that he wants to go for at the mm. end. Um, and Carabao's probably expensive. I'd say it's an expensive drink. Yeah, energy drinks usually that cheap. Yeah, that's true. Um, so okay, well, uh, you know, so the Carabao—that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we don't qualify for fourth, that's a big, huge financial loss. Especially coming off back of the pandemic, empty stadium, yep, new stadium where there's a debt, mm-hmm. um, all these sort of things where it's like, and we didn't have Champions League revenue coming in this, you know, recent year. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, looking like next season, there's going to be more fans in the stadium. So, like, especially having that extra Champions League match day revenue as well is going to be a thing too. Yep. So you would have to think that if Jose doesn't get fourth, that is where the finances start getting toyed with a bit. And yep. you think that that's where Daniel starts drawing the line. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I agree with you. I think you're right. And and maybe we'll see last day of the season, you know, when if we if we don't do those things, we'll get that official statement from the club saying that, you know, them and Jose Mourinho are parting ways. Um, well, there was – there. Uh, I saw a few reports as well this week of saying and, – and you never know what reports are real, what aren't, mm. you know. You end up clicking through and you follow it. It's like footballtransfer.net.com. F and you're like, what? Well, that's yeah. not even a domain name. Where? Yeah. How did I get here? <laughs> yeah. This isn't reputable. Yeah, what? <laughs> um, but there were a few reports that were saying that um, if you know Jose's payout is also kind of like measured against where he finishes. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't make say top four, it doesn't cost the full thirty million or whatever it is to sack him. Yeah, it goes down based on where he ends up finishing in the league. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so you don't know how true that is, mm-hmm. but I would hope that that's the case. And you'd think someone like Daniel Levy wouldn't get himself in a situation where financially he's just got to pay Mourinho, you know, out the nose. Yeah. Um, if he does decide to sort of get rid of him. Mm-hmm. So where do you sit um, on Jose at the moment? If you were in charge, Dan, what would you do? Okay. So you're asking what my hashtag is. If it's Jose What's your hashtag? Jose What's your hashtag? Um... I feel like I've been Jose in mm-hmm. for quite a while now. Yep. Um, but I think the inconsistency of the performances, mm-hmm. that's one thing. Add that with some of the statements that are coming out now. Yep. I think I'm leaning towards Jose out, mm-hmm. but I'm not like, like hashtag Jose out is not going in my Twitter bio. Yep. yep. Um, anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm... I'm leaning in that direction, but I'm not like fully Jose out. Now I'm starting to think maybe he's not the right person. He's not the right fit for for what we really need mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Where do you stand? I could go if um, if we stick with him and it's Jose in the board and transfer window hating Steve Hitchin need to get on board with him. And give him, give him, be like, okay, who do you want to, not just be like, all right, cool, we're going to sign a bunch of 33-year-olds that you like. Still needs to make sense for the club, but go out and clear, like have a big transfer window, sign two or three good signings, get rid of uh, players that Jose no longer wants and 
then be like, right, we've done what you wanted. Now we need results. And if the results don't stack up, then what do we do? The danger with that is that Nagelsmann apparently is, is open to moving and, you know, like RB Leipzig are massively outperforming <laughs> where they should be. He plays, you know, a really exciting style. And so for me, the, the sort of floating carrot that he could be the manager and come in and, and replicate what he's done there is very exciting. Um, however, you know, it's like players like Harry and, and Sonny, it's like, well, are they going to stick around for like, like the restart, you know, the hard rebuild that Pochettino talked about? Um, you know, they would have to think about it because like who knows how long it will take until that team's successful. But having said that, I'm so over talking about Jose Mourinho. <laughs> I'm so over uh, the every press conference he says something really annoying and painful. I'm over hearing all the player reports or whatever. Um, so I, at this stage, am same leaning to Jose out, but I'm not going to be uh, screaming into the Twitter void <laughs> about it, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, and I think we, we kind of have similar sort of opinions now of like where we sit with it. And I agree with what you're saying too, that regardless of if Jose stays or goes, we need some backing for whoever is managing us next season. Yeah. So if that is Jose, fine. We need to get some Jose mercenaries in. Mm-hmm. We need to back those moves. Yep. If it is Nagelsmann, we'll have Sabitzer. We'll take him. Yeah. We'll give Sabitzer a home. Mm-hmm. Bring him over, Nagelsmann. Yeah. Come on, Julian. Just bring yeah. him over. We'll just get an extra ticket. Just get jump on the plane. Let's let's make that happen. Yeah. Um, I think as well how that relates to say Son and Kane and these sort of players is it probably depends on how quickly we act with something like this. Mm. So like if we, you know, let's just say we sack Jose end of the season. Yep. And then, you know, we have the Euros, which is obviously a big distraction for everyone anyway. Mm-hmm. But we haven't moved early to buy a player. We haven't moved early to show any intent of anything. Mm. Then I think if you're Kane and Son, you start thinking like, okay, maybe it's time for me to go here. Yeah. Um, if you, on the other hand, if you go in early, like, and other clubs have done it. It's not impossible to do it. Like City have done it before. Mm. Chelsea have done it before. I know these clubs have millions and millions of pounds that they can just throw away. But some of them, they've signed players before the season finishes and gone, we're signing them for next season. We're announcing that now. Or they'll come out, you know, pretty soon after a season finishes. Mm. And that's like, all right, here, we're signing X. We're, we're signing Y. Yeah. So I feel like if we lose a manager and if we start getting, you know, into sort of August and we haven't made any moves to sign anyone, I feel like that's when you're a Kane and you're a son and you go, mm, might be time to go. Especially yep. if Kane has a good Euros. Mm. Mm. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah. As much as it would pay me to see that happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they would. Yeah. I, I guess if you, if you're looking down the barrel and you're going, okay, they haven't signed anyone, you know, of, of note early, like they haven't shown a statement of intent. They haven't, as Harry Kane says, as long as the club's matching my ambition, if they're not doing that, then it's like, all righty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I need to look at my other options. Yeah. It kind of reminds me like, if you've got a friend who's like, Hey, let's catch up for dinner soon. Mm. Oh, let's catch up for dinner soon. Oh yeah. yeah we'll do dinner soon. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do dinner soon. You're like, after a while, you're like, no, nah, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah. just like empty open promises when anything. Mm. Whereas if someone's like, hey, let's do dinner on Friday night. 
Yeah. Let's go here. Mm-hmm. And so to, to relate that back into the transfer thing, it's like if we just see these promises being made of like, oh, yeah, we are an ambitious club. We are moving in the right direction. We want to do this. We want to do that. We like when it comes to transfers, you either sign players or you don't. Yeah. And I know it's a very complicated process to actually sign a player because we're talking about like multi-million pound deals with, you know, especially with Levy involved and he's like, yep. you know, I don't know, 12, three-month installments and mm. this, that and everything else. But the proof is really there. It's like, are you signing players or are you not? Mm. Um, and like, yeah, we kind of need to to start following through on that. Yeah. Um, I think the training ground and the stadium and all that work that's been done for the club is great and it's really great for a long-term mm. future for the club. So I, this is why I'm not super critical all the time of someone like Levy because I think that, you know, some of these things that have been put in place will start benefiting us in like, you know, five, 10 years when we have like, you know, we've apparently now we've got a pretty strong academy. Yeah. Um, and so these sort of things will start coming to fruition. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like we... We just need something. We just need a sign. We just need a little light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, on on you know, on what you said about using the young center backs. If if I had a sense that it was like, cool, we're going with them, they're young, so things will go wrong, that's fine. But we're building something next season. There's a way we're gonna play. This is what we're just we're just like Pochettino's first season, where it's like we've got Bentaleb and Ryan Mason as our midfield, <laughs> but you're like, okay, there is you know, we had that string of two ones where we would just run the other team off the park by the end. You're like, oh, okay, this is moving towards something. I can see progress here. But because it's so inconsistent and you never know what's going to happen every week and there's no clear play style, you, you can't you can't project into the future about, you know, how things will be. So, yeah, yeah, stressful. It's stressful. <laughs> it's stressful. It's stressful. Yeah. It's stressful. Um, I think as well, I don't know how you feel about this, but it, it's like because there's not just one – like well, there's not one issue here. Mm. There's like a whole bunch of issues. Um, so it's it's not like sacking Jose is just going to fix everything. Mm. Likewise, if we just got bored out tomorrow and Levo goes out the door, I don't mm. think that fixes everything Yeah, either. Like mm. it just feels like there's, you know, it's a bigger problem here mm. that kind of is, you know, it's the players, the manager and the club. Like it's yeah. everyone is responsible here. Mm-hmm. It's not just one or the other. Yep. So I think that's why, like, I, I don't really buy into the whole, like, um, you know, Levy out or, like, Mourinho out or blah, blah, blah. It's mm-hmm. like our players have also been underperforming yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very big problem to fix and it's a very expensive problem to fix yeah. um, across the board. Mm. Um, plus, you know, give credit to the other teams in the league as well. Like, you know, they're they're spending a lot of money on players. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to compete in the Premier League. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did see that some stat the other day about um, it was in the fallout of the Newcastle game and they, across the last three years, have spent more money than Spurs um, on players. Uh, I mean, they've spent terribly. Like, <laughs> um, But, you know, you just go, well, I don't see us like Leicester where we're just making really good purchases. Um uh, and we, you know, really picking our stock, we're still, you know, spending a bit of money on players, but on plays that you kind of like, the strike rate's not great. Yeah, it's not great. Mm. Um, and I guess because there have been other players in the league who have been bought for like less money than say like an Indombele or a Lo Celso or something like that, mm. or even like a Bergwijn. Mm. Um, 
often it's easy to start comparing and going like, well, you know, such and such bought whatever for 20 million. Mm. And look how good they are now. Yeah. And we bought Bergvine. Yeah. yeah. What's happened there? Mm. Um, and yeah, it's like, you know, it's a difficult thing. It seems like, yeah, the recruitment needs a bit of work though, because it's like, it does, it does seem to be a thing here that like, when was the last time we did buy a player who developed into a superstar, like obviously Son mm. um, and, and Don Belay, mm. sort of argue. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, like Hoybier, great as mm. well for what he is. But at the same time, like when have we had like a young, like exciting signing that was like, you know, that really did start taking off mm. um, and sort of set the league alight? Uh, it's probably Delhi would be the, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It probably would be Delhi. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like it's, it just goes down to what are the, and you know, I think in a lot of arguments about, you know, the players or Jose or the club, you know, when you take a reductionist argument and you go, okay, it's not the manager, it's not the players, it's the club. It's the, it's the systems that are in place underneath it all that are um, meaning that success isn't coming. But, you know, I, 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 we don't know. <laughs> like, you know, we can see that you know we've sort of gone, we've gone backwards um, since Pochettino left. But we we don't know whether like what's because you know the building the stadium, building the trading ground, um, making the stadium fantastic. We get revenue from that. We use that in the players. Blah blah blah. blah. You know, like that's how it goes. Pretty good plan. Like you know, it's not. They couldn't foresee, you know, what has happened in the last 18 months. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm lost. No, I, I think so lost. Um, I just saw here there's another Jose quote, which um, before we move on, I just want to, oh, to raise yeah, as well. Sure. I think it came after he said same coach, different players. Great. Um, he added, there are mistakes, which I probably shouldn't even call mistakes because they are related to qualities that players have. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like, that's just blatantly just going like, I think my players are crap. Yeah. I'm not going to call it a mistake because they're so bad. I wouldn't expect them not to do that. Exactly. There is something so inherently wrong with them that they're not even mistakes. That is just what they are. Yeah. And you're stupid for like thinking that they otherwise, mm. you're dumb for asking this question to me because they ha- like, come on, what what would you, and people are just like, well, maybe they're just mistakes. Like, yeah. Admit that it's like. I don't know. It's like uh, Jose's been entertaining, mm. and like a lot, I think um, for a lot of a lot of the time that he's been here, we've been going like, "Look, at least he's entertaining. Mm. At least we get entertained every week. That's yep. fun, isn't it?" Yeah. Uh, but now I think the entertainment's just starting to just just run thin, just a little bit. Mm. Yep. Yeah, it's running very thin. Um, there's not a lot of um, you know, like it's always fun when Jose's taking shots at other clubs externally or anything externally. <laughs> it's always funny. Um, well, not always funny, but, you know, there are some good moments. Um, but, yeah, now that it just seems to be internally focused, it's just like, oh, come on, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Do you remember those good old days now when Pochettino would give those just analogies which just didn't make any sense? Yeah. Um, I, I yearn for those days now. Yeah. Where, like, if Pochettino didn't want to talk about something, at least he wouldn't come out and just blatantly – like, mm. he did say a few things against the club of, like, not being back and you know, those sort of things. Like, yeah. He did say that, so let's be fair on that, but – you know, there were other times where he wouldn't just come out and throw a player on the bus. Like, 
if he didn't really ask about he'd he'd come out with some analogy. It's like, no, well, you know, the the cow was waiting for milk at the station. So mm. Yeah. The judge's like, what what? What? Yeah. That, that, uh, okay. Mm. And then there'd just be debate of like, what did Pochettino mean by the cow? What's yeah. the station? <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Um, so I think it's like we're just seeing that, yeah, like Pochettino is someone who would never call out players. Mm. Um I mean, we've had managers in the fort before who did call up, like Harry Redknapp. He mm. was always very positive to players. But then also I think there was a um a chance where like Darren Bent missed a, a an open goal. And Harry after the game was like, oh, my missus could have scored that one. And he's like, that's, I don't know, Harry, yeah. if that's like, yeah. <laughs> that's not a good thing. And I think Darren Beck came out, out afterwards. He's like, oh, that doesn't feel good to hear that. Like, mm. that's not nice. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a very interesting tactic to hear, you know, managers criticize players and um, overall. But yeah, look, let's just get through these next, you know, uh, seven games, seven games, or eight yep. games. Mm-hmm. That we have left and and we'll sort of see where we sit now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> the the sad thing is like, you know, we've got Man U this weekend, my housemate's a Man U supporter, and I don't it's it's I don't feel the dread where you're like, oh God, it's a big game, I'm nervous, like you might feel before a North London Derby or whatever. I just feel gross about it. Like I just it's like, oh what what is gonna happen? Like um, and I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel that. <laughs> no. And I think it's like, it's so different to the start of the season. Like when mm. we absolutely destroyed Man U, we embarrassed them. Yeah. And then now it's like, like I can't see us winning this game. No. Um, I see us sort of losing this. Like Man U are progressing in every competition that they're in. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much clear second now. Like yeah. unless something goes drastically wrong, mm. um, they pretty much got that sewed up. Yep. Um, yeah, it's like we're back into that stage now where you're kind of not really looking forward to games. Mm. Um, and like you get those, again, you get that sort of rhetoric by certain parts of the fan base that starts coming up where they start hoping for the team to lose because then that leads to a manager getting sacked faster or all that. And mm. that's, I'm not, I'm never up for that sort no. of stuff. Like no. I'll never go into a game going, I hope we lose because then that means this manager goes. Like, yeah, no. I think that's just a completely wrong mentality to have. No. Um, I- and also I think it's an impossible mentality. Like how could you sit and watch Spurs when the game's like, sure, you, you know, you talk like a bunch of baloney before it starts and then when the game's actually on, like how do you then go, oh, I, well, I really want us to lose. <laughs> that's Like that's impossible. Surely. Come on, Bruno. Yeah. Come on, Bruno. Come Ref, on. that's a penalty. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Exactly. Like it is, Rob. And I think that the inner fan inside you, even if you are taking that approach of saying I want us to lose that, like – when you actually watch the game and Harry Kane just bends one in, mm. just puts it beautifully top bends. Yeah. I mean, you're going to celebrate. You're going to you're gonna want that to happen. Exactly. Um, it just feels though that like maybe the rest of our season, it is relying on these moments of glory from mm. a player like Kane to really pull us out of trouble. Yep. Um, and do that. Because I think I was, I was looking at this today that where we finish this season, because um, next season there's the Europa Conference League, which is getting mm. brought in. Um, so given how much like respect the Europa League has been getting, like a second tier Europa League is doesn't really kind of like seem like an exciting prospect yeah. um, to happen. So it's kind of interesting now as to what happens uh, from here the rest of the season, because in the Champions League, we still have three English teams, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. In Europa League, we still have uh, two English teams, 
Arsenal, Man U. Yep. So if, let's say, one of those teams wins uh, Champions League. Yep. And one of those teams wins um, Europa League. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the case of, say, um, like if Arsenal won, they're not going to finish top four. Yep. Um, so if, say, let's say Chelsea don't finish top four, but then they manage to win Champions League somehow. Mm-hmm. Or Liverpool or something like that. Yep. Then it means that there's only three Champions League spots um, mm. because you can have a max of five from the country. Yeah. So it's like it's an interesting position to be in where it's like where we are now, we really do need to try and finish as high as we can. Yeah. Because you could be looking at, you know, I think we get like two teams that go into Europa League and then one one team below that goes into um, Europa the, the Europa Conference League. Yeah. So like we don't want to be playing Conference League. No. Like – there's absolutely nothing to gain um, from win- from being in the Conference League no. whatsoever. If you go into Conference League and you win it, you get a spot in the Europa League. <laughs> so yeah. it's not like even they've gone, you know what, let's have this third grade competition. Let's make it a, a dream run scenario where mm. maybe you win that and you get in Champions League. Yeah. You get into Europa League. Yeah. So it's something we don't want to be involved with. No, no. You would hope that... Uh, if that was to happen, that very unfortunate scenario, uh, the club and whoever is managing at that time would just be like, right, we play the kids in the, the Conference League, who cares? Because it, it, like, we don't want to win it because then it's just like we can finish in a Europa League spot, you would hope, in the league. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I agree, 100%. Mm. Um, you also end up getting into Conference League as well if you try and qualify for Europa League and you don't get through. Oh. I think you drop down into Conference League. It's like very confusing to go, you know, we're trying to make Europa League smaller. Let's replace it with another competition. Mm. Um, and it just it just feels like it puts Champions League further away yeah. from where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, the other uh, media, Twitter, Sphere event of the last week has been the photo emerging of, of Danny Rose um, looking very much like he hasn't played Premier League football uh, for a while. Um, and there's been a lot of concern about his welfare. I mean, in, in the photo, he looks uh, pretty chuffed. <laughs> um, um, yeah. How did you, how did you respond to that, Dan? Well, I saw that photo and I thought, firstly, this is a poor quality photo. Yeah. Like it's not like a high res, you know, 4k beautiful shot here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I bring that up is not just judging the photography skills, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, <laughs> I don't really get the um, the outrage of like, I hope Danny's okay. I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. Mm. I feel like we could be joining the dots a bit here and trying to create something and going like, we know that Danny Rose has had like, you know, mental health uh, mm. issues that he's spoken out and been very vocal about in the yep. past and all that, which has been great. Mm. But we're kind of thinking like, oh, there's a photo here where he's just in like a tracksuit at his house or something. And yeah. he hasn't shaved for a while and, you know, he doesn't look unfit for a normal human, but he just doesn't look like the slender Danny Rose that, you know, played for us sort of, you know, five years ago. Yeah. They were instantly like, I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. He's smiling. Mm. He he looks he looks happy. Like yeah. I think that it's almost a cause to like push people's agenda where we go, oh, the club has mistreated Danny Rose. The club has mistreated Danny Rose. Mm. How bad? Leave you out, leave you out, leave you out. Any count, any count, any count. Yeah. Whereas I look at that and I'm like, you know what? Danny Rose publicly, like he's like, I'm going to run down my contract. Mm. He's spoken out against the club. He yep. says he's going to run down his contract. 
He's rejected moves to go to different places. Yep. He wants to go to Milan. Yep. Like, he's not living that bad a life. Like, he no. used to just rock up, train a little while, collect some pretty solid cash, mm. uh, run down his contract, then at the end of the year, so end of the season, he reassesses. Yeah, exactly. What do you take from it? Well, I mean, I think you're right on the joining the dots. People go, and it's a, it has a bit to do with mental health stigma, where he uh, speaks openly about uh, mental health and mental health issues, and then as soon as people see a photo that – uh, they find to be not particularly flattering of him. It's like, oh, the crazy person's not doing too good because they're crazy. And I, he could be totally fine. Having said that, I do think that the way the club, the way his sort of career ended with Spurs was a bit sad and it was kind of like, well, he's been a great player for us. But also, you know, I, I love that I love that he's just like, I'm running down my contract, <laughs> you know, like whatever. I don't want to go to these other clubs. Um so, yeah, I, I think, again, no context. Like, people jump to conclusions. You know, give him, I think, give him a bit of respect. Give his mental health a bit of respect. Um, he's He hasn't said anything. Uh, the club hasn't said anything. Um, so, you know, like, let's presume that, like most, you know, that he's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's a good point that you make of, like, you know, because he's been so outspoken about this before and about mental health, that it's important not to sort of just, you know, stigmatize that and just go like, well, oh, it must be this because he's spoken about this before. So he's not doing well. It's mental health. Oh, poor Danny. Mm. And, you know, um, I don't want to say like being condescending towards him, but it's just kind of like just assuming he must not be doing okay mm. purely from this one photo. Exactly. Online. Mm. Um, I do also agree with you too, where you do say that it's kind of sad how his like career sort of has ended mm. with Spurs, but yeah, at the same time, like, I mean, it's not that sad in the scheme of things because he's actively, uh, making that choice to, mm. to go, I'm running down my contract. I want my money. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly within, like, he's allowed to do that legally. Yep. He can do that. Mm -hmm. I think as fans, like you could look at it and go like, oh, he's running down the contract. Oh, that's not cool. But it's like. That's what a contract is. Mm. And like often I think we we kind of confuse footballers um, and think that they're not human. They're not mm. in like – at the end of the day, they're, they're employed. They're doing a job. Yeah. And so, you know, if you had a friend who was, you know, they were on some contract for something and, and mm. they wanted to get paid out and the, the employer said, well, no, I'm not going to pay you out, but you can sit around and wait it out. And they go, well, cool, I'm going to wait it out. Mm. You'd be like, well – Jono, you're living the dream. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> you're doing well. You're doing what you want. Like, you know, yeah. go for that. Mm. Um, so, look, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see what Danny Rose does mm. when, um, you know, the season finishes and see see what he chooses to do, whether he chooses to retire um, or if he does try and, you know, still play at some club. Um, mm. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, um, totally. But, like, I wish Danny well. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a big fan. Um, yeah, I hope he's enjoying whatever he's doing. Um, obviously I, I realized that the, one of the big things of the last week, which, um, the club came out against, thank God they did, was the racist abuse that Davinson Sanchez received after the game. And I, you know, like, it's kind of like, you know, it's two white dudes sitting, <laughs> you know, here in Melbourne. It's like, you don't want to go on it too much, but also it's like, just don't obviously don't do that. Like, like I can't believe 
that 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 happened like again it's just like surely surely you don't like uh, i don't know you can't explain it because it's a it's a um it's an act that probably doesn't have a lot of uh rationality behind it oh no it's like it's it's disgusting really um the thing that I don't like about all, I mean, I don't like the whole thing that happened, obviously, mm. but the sort of re- reaction and response that I don't like is that when you still get players who, you know, Davison's had this, um, you know, had these comments made towards him and then responses to that go, oh, look, he has been playing badly. Yeah. Or, oh, he has, he did have a shit game, mm. but this isn't unacceptable. And it's mm. like, there's no buts in it. Like, exactly. it's just unacceptable. This is like, this is now a human issue. This is not a footballing issue. Exactly. So it's like, as fans, even if we don't think Davison has been playing well, mm. don't interlock these issues here. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a hard, like, this is not acceptable. This is not, not okay. Mm. And re- we don't, we don't care how he's been playing when we're talking about this. No, like he could score two own goals every game of the season and it's still not an acceptable response. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing, which is like, it's kind of disgusting too, is that like, you get some comments online where you see like people going like, oh yeah, typical Spurs fan, typical this fan, typical mm. that. And it's like, to me, it's equally disgusting that like something like this happens and then a rival fan of a club mm. chooses to jump on it yeah. and make it a thing. Like again, like having a go at that club. Mm. Um, yep. Like if this happened to like, you know, a, an Arsenal player mm. or a Chelsea player and then we're like, oh, typical Chelsea fan, typical Arsenal fan, all that sort of stuff. Like yep. I think, the more that we do that and we just start like, you know, fighting with each other on these topics, mm. the more that we actually trivialize the topic itself. Exactly. Um, whereas there just needs to be like a, a hardline stance uh, mm. about this. And yeah, it's like look, anyone who like racially abuses your own play, like you're not a fan of the club. No, like, no, you're not. Just get out. Yeah, just, totally. Just get out. Like, Yeah. It's, yeah, it was, it was sad. And, and it hap- it's happened already with Stephen Bergvine you know, this season um, and, you know, good on Sanchez for sharing it. And, you know, same with Bergvine, good on him for, you know, being open about it because that is, I mean, that's why, you know, that the awareness of the fact that this is still happening is really important um, because you get people, you know, saying like, oh, why do they take a knee before the game? Or, you know, blah, blah, blah. We don't, there's no racism, blah, blah. It's like, no, <laughs> there is. You know, like we have multiple examples of it and and maybe, you know, if you're taking a cynical view, them taking a knee is is trivial, but also maybe not to players who do really, that's really important to them. Like, again, you're kind of just inserting an agenda in their head. Oh, definitely. And, and uh, you know, like you said before, like, you know, us sitting here commenting about it, like, mm. you know, we're on the, you know, um, outside in a sense that we're, you know, um, you know, we're not on the pitch taking a knee before games. No. But it's like, who would we be, even if we thought they shouldn't do that, who would we be to tell them not to do it? Exactly, like, yeah. It's, it's. I, I find all that stuff like, um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of, it's just ridiculous that this is stuff that was, you know, still going on now. Mm. Um, and, you, you know, look, these issues are far more serious than, you know, Jose coming out and saying things about our players and mm. just going like, oh, they're not good, they're not a good player, all that sort of stuff. Um, or, you know, far more serious than where we finish up um, yep. at the end of the season. Far mm-hmm. more serious than like who's going to be coaching us next season, what players we buy, what our stadium is, where we move forward in the future. So, yeah, it, you just kind of get to a stage where you're just like, you know, 
this just this really just has to has to change and mm. yeah i hope that you know it's very difficult to find out who a person is online because everyone online hides behind a username and yeah an avatar of a player and all that sort of stuff but um you know hopefully these social media companies start taking things a bit more seriously exactly and, you know clubs are able to find out who these people are and mm. um you know ban them and I know that doesn't, you know, solve the issue, mm. but at least it kind of, you know, it allows, you know, clubs to be able to take some sort of action Yeah, when these things happen. Yeah, yeah. It gives it some kind of from the absolute no consequence at the moment because of the anonymity uh, of online space and social media companies pretty much doing nothing <laughs> uh, about it. Uh, at least it has there's some result. You know, it's the first step, you know, in having some consequence. Um, moving on to <laughs> next week, uh, we have Man U. Yeah. Uh, we have them at home. Uh, it is at one thirty, which is, we're getting into my rage zone, uh, already. Uh, how, I mean, you said before, you don't think we're going to, you don't think we're going to win. You're predicting a loss. Is that. Look, I was going to say, can we just not play the game and just, yeah, you know, just, just take a one nil or something like yeah. that. <laughs> um, I'm still going to watch this game. I'm mm-hmm. still going to really hope that we do something. Yeah. Uh, there's also something to be said, I guess, that, you know, you play against a bigger team and something kicks up in the players at least. So even if the team as a whole isn't playing well, mm. you know, players don't want to go out there and lose to Man U. Yeah. Um, especially as we had, you know, we lost to them uh, when Pogba went down, when Dyer mm. challenged him and, you know, we, we sort of... Um, uh, did we look, draw that game or we lost? It, it was a draw. It was a draw. It was a draw. But that was a game we should have won. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, a team like Man U as, as a Spurs fan, as a Spurs player, you don't really like losing to them. So mm. there's something in that. Mm. Um, I think it really shows how we're going to finish off the season. If yeah. we actually try and take it to Man U and we do something, even if we do lose. Yeah. Le- like if we can challenge, if we can get ourselves about, if we can actually look like we're up for it. Mm. I think then that bodes well to the rest of the games afterwards. I think if we go into Man U and we just get destroyed, yeah, uh, then that's that's done. That's mm. that's the season done. That's everyone giving up mm. at this stage. Yeah. Uh, what are you, what are your predictions? I think it's going to be a funny one because it's two teams that don't know what to do when they've got possession of the ball. Um, and luckily, last time we played them, uh, we were just like, "You have the ball," and then they had it. And we're like, well, we don't know what to do with it. And we counted and it was a great game. And, you know, we all know the result there. So I'll be interested to see what happens, whether it's going to be two teams trying to not have the ball uh, and trying to counter each other. Um, I think you're right. I think it will be a very clear statement of intent from the the players and from Jose is how we set up and what we do. Um, I think... I'm just I'm going to be a contrarian and predict that we win. I think we're going to win two one. Oh no, I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I think. See, I don't think I've ever predicted that we're going to lose, mm. even if I felt like we might. Yeah, because there's something that like if you pre- it, it almost seems like if you predict that you're going to lose, you kind of watch the game, and then when you lose, you're like, well, I was right. Yeah, about it. So, um, you know what? I'm I'm going to say we win one nil. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say we win one nil. All right. Um, I don't know how much I believe that myself, but <laughs> I'm going to go into it with that mentality. I yep. would love nothing more than to win, um, to win this game. 
the the benefit we have is that Kane is leading the golden boot and he's mm-hmm. leading the assists. Yep. So he'll want to keep he'll want to win those. Mm-hmm. So That's true. if nothing else, you know, Kane for the next eight games yeah. is just going to do anything he can to get a goals and assists. Yep. Um, and I think to be the first player this century to who could win like golden boot and assists in the Premier League in the same yeah. season. Unreal. Um. So yeah, come on, Kane. Come yeah. on, Kane. It's all on you, buddy. Come on, Kane. Do you have any predictions for lineup? Will anyone come out? Will anyone come in? Will he roll with the same team? Um, I feel like it's it's interesting because mm. like Jose's been very hardline with like, you know, he's brought in Tanganga yep. and like Aurea Doherty, like and I feel like there might have been some injuries there too, but mm. um we might, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see them mm. for a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, it's almost like if Jose flip-flops back to where he was previously and plays a very different team to what we have been playing, that would almost be him then dropping, like, you know, ad- ad- admitting some, that he was wrong to do something. Mm. D- does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I feel like Jose will probably be stubborn enough to stick with his team, mm. even if it is him thinking that he's putting the players out to dry yep. to prove how bad they are in mm. his mind. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I feel like we probably won't have much of a change. However, personally, I would love for a game like this to see Son and Bale mm. in. Um, and just that bit of know-how, just mm. that bit of like, you know, just that bit of class. Like I would prefer us to go in with something like that mm-hmm. um, as as opposed to say like, you know, Vinny and, and Lucas. And I know Vinny and Lucas have been playing, you know, well, Lucas have been playing well in patches as mm. well. And I, I, I always love seeing Vinny get game time. But... You know, I just think let's just make a bit of a spectacle of it. Let's get like our best 11 out. Yeah. Um, which for me is pretty close to what we have been playing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is, is there any, uh, would you make any changes to, to the current team? Um, what I think will happen is that uh, Lucas will drop out. Lamella will come in because of his performance a billion years ago when we played them last time um, to add a bit of spice because if Martial is playing or the other man you plays anyway will remember uh, what went down. Um, I think that Lacelso or Endon Bele will play as the 10 and we'll have someone on the other side with Kane up front. Um, and either Endon Bele, probably Endon Bele will play alongside Hoybier. In terms of the center backs, I will be very surprised if he goes with a Roden Davidson. I think there'll be a change there. Um, I can't see, I would say Toby, but after the last, Last week, I don't know whether, like, with Jose, I don't know what the hell was going to happen there. Um, but I think there'll be a change at centre-back. Um, and then the full-backs will be the same. Yeah. I, I think that's a fair call. And I think that, yeah, it's – it all dep- like, this is – it's so behind the scenes what's happening with him and Toby. We don't know how deep that is. We mm. don't know what is actually really going on there. So if that is a, actually not as big a thing as it is and it is it has just been blown out of proportion – Maybe it is a case where then Toby does come back in. Yep. Um, and adds a bit more stability mm. um in there. Um, I think you make a good point with Lamella. Like, you know, you look back to the North London Derby and like <laughs> who looked up for it the most out of everyone? And it was yeah. Lamella. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously scores a Rabona and then mm. gets set off. Um, yeah. <laughs> and but you know, he was playing with heart when he was on mm. and he was getting stuck in. And I feel like against a man you we do need players who are gonna get stuck in. Yeah, um, which makes me also think that you know probably Lucas is in for yeah for a start too, just for his like 
you know, running, pressing and mm. just being a little pest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I think why these things are so hard for us to answer is because, you know, because we've been – we don't really have that identity like we spoke about earlier. It's really difficult for us to know how we're going to go into this game Yeah. Um, against a – you know, a team for a really big match. Yeah. Like we just don't know. Mm, exactly. It could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a problem <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> overall. Yeah. Whereas at least with Poch, like, you know, we had a pretty good idea of how we were going to play yeah. against any team that we sort of came up against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think the, the the one thing we have going for us too is that like Mourinho would hate losing to Man U. Oh, yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah. Especially because like him and Solskjaer, their little back and forth yeah, keeps yeah. like coming up that like, Whenever Ole can just give a little dig to to Jose. And I respect Ole for that because yeah. like Jose's given him digs before. So I like that they kind of go back and forth a bit. Mm. Um, you know, they won't want to, he won't want to lose this game. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think it'll be an eventful match. Yeah. I think something will happen. Mm-hmm. And there'll be something that'll happen. Probably a Bruno Fernandez penalty. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, and which which will bring us both to tears. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but we'll see how we go. Mm. Uh, I guess next week we have we do have a, a special guest joining us. Oh, we do as well after the game. Yes, we do. Um, who is a Man U supporter? Yeah, uh, yeah. Our friend Rob. Mm. Uh, so we'll see how much of a scuffle we get into. Yeah. <laughs> based yeah. on how the game goes. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I am looking forward to that very much. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's uh, that's us for this week. Um, if uh, you have any predictions about the menu lineup. <laughs> Maybe Dane Scarlett starts. Uh, let us know um, on Twitter. Um, I've been Barney. I've been Dan. And this has been A Bit Spursy. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.